Well, hello. Oh, my goodness me. Do you know what? Yesterday, I did not realise it was the beginning of a new month. Oh, my goodness me. We're not even in winter anymore. This is now, oh, spring, I think. <laughs> oh, dear me. We are now in March. <gasps> The beginning of spring. So that's why my daffodils have popped up their little heads and dancing around my garden. They're so lovely. Bright and summery they are. So, well, happy March. Happy new month. Oh, dear me. So I should have said that yesterday, though, really, shouldn't I? Because it's the second day of March today. Anyhow, I hope that you are all well and I hope that you have been enjoying the last couple of days where there's been a different kind of story. But I am going back to the wishing chair today. Yes, I can hear all the cheers <laughs> coming from all the, all the children out there that love the wishing chair stories, which apparently is quite a lot of you. So let's go to chapter 10 of the wishing chair and it's called the disappearing land Ooh, scary so the very first day of the next holidays molly and peter rushed down to the playroom at the bottom of the garden to see if binky was there oh binky's not here said molly in disappointment nor is the chair, said Peter. But just at that very moment, there came a whizzing noise and in at the door flew the good old wishing chair with Binky sitting as usual on the back, grinning all over his merry pixie face. Binky, oh, Binky, yelled Molly and Peter in delight. Binky leapt off the chair and ran to the two children. They flung their arms around one another and hugged like bears. Oh, it's good to see you again, Binky, said Molly happily. You don't know how I've missed you and Peter, said Binky. Now we'll have some more adventures. Well, First of all, tell us any news you have, said Peter. But Binky pointed to the wishing chair. It was flapping its wings as hard as ever it could, making quite a draught. The chair's glad to see you too, said Binky, laughing. And it badly wants to take us somewhere. Come on, let's get in and go whilst the chair has its wings. Molly and Peter sat on the seat as they always used to do. And Binky sat on the back. The chair flapped its wings, rose into the air and flew off. Oh, said Molly, what fun it is to fly off in the wishing chair again. I do so like it. The children leant over and looked at the towns and villages as they were flying over. They knew exactly when they came to the borders of Fairyland, for Fairyland always had a soft, blue mist hanging round it. Where are we going? asked Peter. Oh, don't know, said Binky. This is the first time the chair has had a fly since you went back to school after the Christmas holidays. It's been a proper, well-behaved, ordinary chair in my mother's house for weeks. 
Now it's enjoying a good fly. The chair flew on and on. The children watched the towers of giant land pass, the blue seas of pixie land, the hills of the red goblins, and still the chair flew on. At last it flew downwards. The children felt excited. Binky looked down to see where they were going. Oh, I've never been here before, he said. I don't even know the name of this land. The chair came to rest in a little town. The children jumped off, but Binky still sat on the back of the chair, trying to think where they had come to. A lot of little folk came running up. They had a very wide open eyes, long ears, long noses, and no chin at all. Molly wasn't sure that she liked the look of them. What is this land? asked Binky. It's disappearing land, said one of the little folk, smiling. You'll have to be careful. You don't vanish. Molly remembered the disappearing land. They had visited once on the chair. It had disappeared suddenly, just as they were going to land on it. Would this country disappear suddenly too? She asked Binky. No, said Binky, but we may disappear if we don't look out. I think we'd better go off again. I don't want to vanish somewhere. The children sat down in the wishing chair once more. But its wings had gone. It wouldn't fly at all. Oh, said Binky, first disappearing trick. I suppose they've done that to keep us here. Now, hold hands, all of us. Even if one of us vanishes, the others can still feel him and take him along. We may as well have a look around whilst we are here. We'll remember where the chair is, just by that yellow lamppost. Come on. They went down the little winding street. The strange little folk hurried everywhere, nodding and smiling. There was a market nearby and the children and Binky went to see what was being sold. It was a strange village. Molly was looking at a crooked little house with twisty chimneys when it quite suddenly disappeared and she was staring at nothing. It gave her such a shock. Peter got a shock too. A dog with big pointed ears came running up to him and licked his fingers. Peter bent down to pat it and found he was patting air. The dog had vanished under his very nose. Even Binky got caught too and he was used to strange things. He went to buy three rosy apples off a stall. He gave the old dame there three pennies But just as he took the apples from her, they disappeared into nothing. There was Binky, his three pennies given to the old dame, and his hands trying to take hold of three apples that had disappeared. I want my money back, he said to the old woman, who was grinning widely. I haven't got my apples. Well, I gave them to you, said the old woman. They're not here. You can't have your money back. Binky was angry. He stalked off down the street with Peter and Molly. He kicked crossly at the curb. At once it 
disappeared. I say, don't do that, said Peter in alarm. You might kick the whole street away. Binky was pleased to find he could kick things away. He kicked very hard at a lamppost, but that didn't disappear. It just stood there as solid as ever, and Binky gave a loud yell and hopped about holding his poor toe. Molly and Peter couldn't help laughing. Peter leant against a shop window and roared at Binky, and then, very suddenly, the window behind him vanished, and he fell over backwards. The whole shop had disappeared. Peter stopped laughing and picked himself up. Then it was Binky's turn to laugh. Peter did look so very much astonished. This is a funny sort of town, said Molly, looking round her carefully, not quite certain what was going to disappear next. As she spoke, three chimneys disappeared off a cottage and a door nearby vanished as well. It seemed as if everything she looked at disappeared. I am hungry, said Binky, wishing he had the three apples he had bought. Look, there's a shop selling buns. I wonder if they'll disappear if I buy some. He walked into the shop. A pointed-eared girl sat knitting behind the counter. She put her knitting down as Binky went in, and immediately the needles disappeared, but she didn't seem to mind at all. Have you any currant buns? asked Binky, looking around hoping the whole shop wouldn't disappear before he had bought the buns. Yes, fresh made today, said the girl, and she pointed some fine big ones with plenty of currants in and looking nice and sticky on the top. I'll take three, please, said Binky. He didn't give the girl the pennies until he had the bag of buns safely in his hands. Then he ran out of the shop and showed the buns to the others. Look at the lovely juicy currants, he said. Come on, let's sit down on this seat and eat our buns. They sat down on the seat, but it had once vanished under them, and the three of them rolled over on the path. How all the little folk of the village laughed and laughed. <sighs> I do think the way things disappear here is silly, said Binky, rubbing his head. Where are the buns? In the bag, said Molly. Good thing they are, or they would have rolled in the road. But the buns had disappeared out of the bag, which was quite empty. The children stared into it in disgust. Oh, let's go back to the wishing chair, said Peter. I'm tired of this place. Ooh, Peter, said Molly suddenly. Look, your feet have disappeared. Peter stared down at his feet. And it was true, they had gone. Well, I can still walk all right, he said, so they must be there, although we can't see them. Thank goodness for that. Oh, Binky, where's your mouth? Binky hadn't got a mouth. It had disappeared. A big wind suddenly swept round the corner of the street and took off Binky's cap. He ran after it and Peter ran too. And do you know, when they turned round to go back to Molly, she had disappeared as well. Oh no, Molly, Molly, cried Peter in alarm. Where are you? But there was no answer. Peter turned to Binky. 
Binky, did you see where Molly went? But Binky had now gone too. There was nobody there at all. Peter made his way back to where they had left the wishing chair. He did hope he might meet Molly and Binky there. He soon saw the yellow lamppost in the distance, where the chair had been left. Good, thought Peter, hurrying. I'll soon be back with the chair again and I'll sit in it and wait till the others come. But as he got nearer, he could see a crowd around the chair. The strange little folk of the village were shouting to one another about it and two of the pointed-eared men had hold of the chair. I tell you, I shall have this chair, yelled one man, and he pulled hard. And I tell you, I want it, shouted the other angrily, and he pulled the other way. Goodness, the chair will be in bits soon, thought Peter, and he ran at top speed to the crowd of people. Leave that chair alone, he shouted. It's not yours, it belongs to me. Everyone looked around, but of course they couldn't see Peter, for he was quite invisible. They only heard his voice. Who are you? they said. I'm Peter and I want my chair, said the little boy. He pushed his way through the crowd and took hold of the chair firmly. At once, the other two who were holding it began to pull away hard. But Peter didn't let go. Show yourself! Show yourself! shouted the crowd. I don't know how to, said Peter. I suddenly disappeared and I can't even see myself. But I'm real enough and if anyone begins to be horrid to me, I've got fists that can hit hard and you won't see them coming either. Now let go of my chair, please. We don't believe it's yours. We don't believe it's yours, cried everyone, siding with the two men who had got hold of the poor wishing chair. Peter didn't know what to do. He certainly couldn't get the chair away by himself. Oh, wishing chair, we are in a fix, he groaned. Suddenly, the wishing chair decided to help matters itself. It grew its wings very fast. It flapped them strongly. It rose into the air and with it took Peter, who was holding it, and the two little men as well. The crowd shouted in surprise to see the chair rise up. The two little men were full of fear. They hung on with all their might. Peter climbed up and sat safely in the chair. <sighs> He'd got away from the crowd at any rate. He wondered what to do with the little men who were hanging onto the chair. He couldn't make them fall or they might be hurt. The wishing chair rose high up. Peter suddenly cried out in alarm. Hey, wishing chair, don't go home yet. We've left Molly and Binky behind. Fly down again quickly. The chair flew down at once. As soon as it was safely on the ground, the two little men began to quarrel again about who was to have the chair. Peter got really angry. He pushed them both hard and they fell over. I wish you'd stop this, said Peter. What's the good of quarrelling about my chair? I'm going to have it, not you. Leave go. But they wouldn't. Peter picked up a twig and wrapped their hands sharply. They let go at once and before they could take hold again, what do you think happened? Why, 
the wishing chair most obligingly disappeared. Peter blinked in surprise, for he still wasn't used to seeing things disappear so suddenly. Then he knew what to do. If he picked up the chair and ran off with it, the two little men wouldn't know where it had gone, for they could see neither Peter nor the chair now. So Peter felt for the chair and, quick as lightning, snatched it up and ran down the street. The two little men stared all around in astonishment and then began to slap each other hard. Just what they both want, thought Peter pleased. He ran on and on and then stopped. He put the chair down just inside a field gate, sat down in it firmly and tried to think what to do. How in the world could he find Molly and Binky? If I go through the village again, yelling out Molly and Binky's names, maybe they'll hear me and come to me, thought Peter. They must be very worried because they don't know where the chair is. Back he went to the village, carrying the chair on his shoulder. As he went, he shouted loudly, Molly! Binky! Molly! Binky! Suddenly he heard Molly's voice answering. How glad Peter was it came from the other side of the road. Peter, I can hear you. I'm still invisible. Where are you? I'm standing by the fruit shop here, yelled back Peter. I've got the chair too. In half a minute he felt Molly's hands touching him and then she hugged him and felt for the good old wishing chair. Now we must get Binky, said Peter. What have you been doing all this time, Molly? Oh, I've been looking for you, said Molly. I went back to the yellow lamppost, but the chair was gone. Just then, someone they couldn't see bumped into them. He couldn't see them either, for they were still invisible. As soon as the person who bumped into them felt the chair, he gave a yell and caught hold of it. Peter snatched at the chair too. He pulled and Molly helped him. They were not going to lose their precious chair. But the one who was pulling against them was very strong and suddenly the chair was tugged right away and they could no longer feel it. They couldn't see it either, of course. It was gone. Oh no, it's gone, it's gone, cried Molly almost in tears. Oh, Peter, what shall we do now? Molly, Peter, is it you? cried a voice gladly. It's me, Binky. I didn't know I was pulling against you. I just came along the street, bumped into the chair, felt it was ours and grabbed it. When I felt someone pulling hard against me, I jerked till I got it. Oh, thank goodness we're all together again. How pleased everyone was. I've been looking everywhere for you, said Binky, climbing onto the back of the chair. My word, fancy the chair disappearing too. This is a most uncomfortable sort of place. Come on, let's get away as soon as we can. They all got onto the chair. It flapped its wings and rose up suddenly into the air. Oh, said Molly, that was quick. It felt like a lift going up. Binky... How are we going to get ourselves right again? asked Peter. We can't go home like this. Oh, I can get some of that magic paint we once used at which snippet spinning house, said Binky. Then we'll paint ourselves back again. That's easy. I'll send one of my friends to get the paint for us. 
The children flew on and on through the air until at last they were over their own garden once more. They flew down and right through the open door of their playroom at the bottom of the garden they were just going to shout and jump off when they saw someone there. It was their mother. She had come to look for them. The children sat perfectly still on the chair. They knew they were invisible and couldn't be seen. If mother heard their voices, she would get such a shock for she wouldn't be able to see them. Binky sat still too. He had always made the children promise that they would never, never say a word about him to any grown-up. <sighs> mother looked around the playroom. <sighs> I wonder where those children are, she said. Then she walked out almost, but not quite, bumping into the wishing chair as she went. Oh, my goodness, that was a narrow escape when Mother had gone. He jumped out of the chair. What a good thing the chair and all of us could not be seen today. Mother would have got a fright if she had suddenly seen a chair come flying through the doorway with us in it. <laughs> she certainly would, said Binky, grinning. So would anyone. Now, I'll just send for that paint. He ran out. In a few minutes, he was back and said that a friend of his had flown off to which snippets at once. Let's play a game of Ludo whilst we're waiting, he said. I haven't played since you went away to school. I've forgotten what a lovely feeling it is to throw a six. It was rather peculiar to play with people you could not see. It was even funnier to see counters moving by themselves as the children pushed them around the board. They just had time to play one game when there was a knock at the door. The paint, said Binky. He opened the door. On the step stood a large tin of Witch Snippet's magic paint. Good, said Binky. Now what about brushes? Oh, there are some in our paint boxes, said Molly, and she fetched them. They're very small. It will take us ages to paint ourselves back again. They began. They each had a paintbrush <clears throat> excuse me, and they sat to, set to work. Binky painted the wishing chair back first. Molly began to paint herself back. Wherever she ran her brush full of paint, a bit of her appeared. It was really funny. Molly ran her brush over her left hand. At once it appeared. It was nice to see her fingers again. You haven't painted that little nail on your fingers, said Peter. Look. And you've painted all your face except your left eyebrow, shout, laughed Molly. You look funny. The wishing chair was soon back again. Then Binky began to paint himself back. They all had to help each other when they came to bits of themselves they couldn't reach. They had great fun. We're quite done except that Peter hasn't got his feet yet, said Peter. And he stepped back to look at him. And you know, he stepped right onto the tin of paint and upset it. It ran all over the floor and the floor disappeared. The paint always acted both ways. It made things disappear or it made them come back if they had vanished. Binky, you are clumsy, cried Molly in horror. We shan't be able to do Peter's feet. Whatever will Mother say? Peter caught up a rag and mopped up the spilt paint as fast as he could. He squeezed it from the rag into the tin and then looked at the little bit there anxiously. 
Do you think there's enough there for my feet? He said. Binky, who had gone very red, nodded his head and took up his paintbrush. Without a word, he began to paint in Peter's feet, being very careful not to waste a drop of precious paint. Molly was very glad to see that there was enough. What about that hole in the floor, said Peter? Is there enough paint left to paint it back again? Oh, just, said Binky. And there was. My goodness, there wasn't a single drop left over. Well, said Molly, as she heard the dinner bell ring to call them indoors. We always seem to have narrow escapes and exciting times when we begin going off in the witching chair. I did enjoy this adventure. Now it's all over and we're safely back again, looking like ourselves. Goodbye, said Binky. See you tomorrow, I hope. It's been lovely to go adventuring again. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Fancy being invisible. Well, there are plenty of things that I could do if I was invisible. Can you imagine it? Nobody could see you. What would you do if you were invisible? What would be the funniest and the most exciting thing that you can think of that you would do? Oh, what would I do? I think I would, I don't know trying to think now I would sneak up behind people and give them a shock <laughs> say boo and they wouldn't be able to see me they'd give get a fright oh dear I'm sure there's a lots and lots of other things that you can think of that you would do if you were invisible hmm how about you tell me some so that was chapter 10 of the wishing chair so I hope you enjoyed it and I hope that you have a lovely, lovely, lovely rest of the day and I hope that you enjoy, just enjoy yourself but make sure that you're good, make sure you behave yourself. <laughs> And most of all, make sure you take care and make sure you stay safe so you can come back tomorrow. <laughs> I will see you all again tomorrow, OK? And until then, bye for now.